Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three crorgau Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. If you're listening to the first broadcast of the show on a Sunday, thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news as they do every Sunday from eleven thirty till noon. Nine? Nine? Noon. Noon. Twelve midday. Um, debate on Facebook during the week is 12 a.m. or p.m. noon or midnight. Anyway, let's not go there. Where you can go if you want to contact the show, um, you can uh, hit the email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, text 61401 078 981, look for me or out of the pan on Facebook, or tweet at Sal Gold said so. And that's the bottom line. Opened up today with the late, great Joe Cocker from the Essential Collection of, um, that one was 1992, and writing a letter. Well, writing's still important, all forms of media, important to communicate. And on the line, which is an appropriate way, I think, to introduce our guest, someone who's no stranger to 3CR and knows about media of all sorts, and that is Amy Middleton. Amy, how are you going? Hi, Sally. Good. Good. I'm good. Now, I looked for in my music collection for songs about arrows to do the other cheesy segue, but couldn't find anything that just didn't, <laughs> didn't quite work to go in t- to talk about Archer. Um, Poison Arrow by ABC didn't, just didn't seem right because we're wanting to be positive and not poisonous, aren't we? That's right. I liked your segue. I thought it was very apt. Nothing like a um, hashtag Sally segue if you're tweeting, but um, we're here to talk to you because you're... Um, well, a queer media person, and you have a very exciting event coming up this Thursday, um, which is the launch of the newest Archer magazine, but I suppose we'd better um, let people know, what is Archer? Shall I do the intro? You can. I guess uh, Archer is what we call the Journal of Sexual and Gender Diversity, um, but mm-hmm. it's a print magazine that I launched in 2013, yep. um, and my idea was to create a, a media outlet for um, all sorts of attitudes on sex and gender um, without restricting it. So it's 100% inclusive. Um, yep. We tend to run straight content, queer content, bi content. Um, we also discuss issues of gender, um, ev- everything and anything, really. Definitely, which is much welcome and done in a very, we'll say, sex-positive way, which is important mm. too. Yeah, that's what we try to do, yeah. And you know heaps of publicity, and it's you know good um, good to see that you got a bit of a plug in the age yesterday, uh, Saturday's yeah, that age. Was, 
That was fun. Nice to see your face in the age. Um, I think we were on Radio National this morning too, but it was at 7am, so I was um, <laughs> I was well and truly still in bed. Well, I'll, I'll, yes, I, I would prefer not. I would prefer not to be up at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning either. So, we'll go. Yeah, your, your midday show is much more sensible. Yeah, this will say thank the deity for um, podcasting. Hopefully, we can hear what happens later on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Archer has been around since two thousand and thirteen. I think the word you could say the word periodical is appropriate for mm. Archer because it comes out periodically. Um, you know, sort of. Um, might might seem clear to some people, but it'd just be worth explaining what that's about. Uh, so we, I, I call it an artefact. I'm trying to create an artefact of um, a time in the sexual equality movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hope is that we can look back on the stories that are published in this year's edition and um, they'll seem kind of less relevant because hopefully the issues will be a bit more integrated into society. Um, so that's my hope. Um, and thank you very much, Dali, for your contribution to this issue. <laughs> yes, um, I put my B hat on to talk about bisexuality because uh, right. um, it doesn't seem to be. Or has, I'm going to say it's just we just seem to be cracking the rock here at the moment. Um, you reckon? Um, yeah, look, it got a good mention on a panel that I actually will talk about later in the show, the Westpac Ida Hobbit panel. Um, got a mm. good good bit of discussion, which I think is incredibly welcome. But only, you know, the fact that it's now going to be in um, this edition of Archer um, is is very, very, is very, very welcome. And hopefully we'll just get the issues out there further and raise, you know, increase understanding and what people can do. Yeah, I think uh, I remember when you first floated the idea of a bisexuality article in Archer and my response was something like, um, I am bisexual and it's a part of me that I love so much that I forget sometimes that it needs to be discussed. Um, but certainly listening to um, your article or the points raised in your article, it's not it's not as smooth um, an experience for a lot of people. Um, I guess I feel like I've copped stigma in my life for things other than bisexuality. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly a discussion needs to be had at the minute. Yeah, definitely. We're sort of, you know, we're getting somewhere at least on T, still a long way to go, and... Um, you know, but B and also I, and I know um, you've had good discussion on intersex in Archer and have people who are part of intersex who contribute, which is great. But yeah, we've still got a couple more letters that need to come up to, we'll say, an equal font size to GL and, um, and T at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we've, I think I can safely say that we represent LGBT and I in this fourth edition of Archer, which um, I think yes. it's the first time we've had all the um, letters of the rainbow in there. Oh look, um, I think. Well, I'm not. Sure, I can't. Um, um, you know, um, I can't think of a, a word that a, the, another word that begins with um, a word that begins with a that means segue. But that's perfect because I was going to ask you what sort of stories are covered in the Archer Number Four. <laughs> Can we have a few teasers? Yeah, sure. There's um, our high-profile writer. This issue is Janet Hardy, who's oh, um, yes. co-author of uh, the Ethical Slut, which I call the polyamory bible um and she was out here uh it was this year wasn't it celebrating her 60th birthday and yeah and and so she writes about uh her experiences with dance and sexuality um and she actually mentions uh her 60th birthday celebrations in melbourne and how wonderful they were in the article which is a nice connection indeed yes um so we have this issue focuses on aging and sex which has been um getting a lot of 
media attention, mm. that story in The Age, um, centred around that topic. Um, and it seems it's been really surprising to me how confronting people are finding it. Um, so a couple of people have asked if our cover image, which features um, two older blokes in an embrace, um, whether that was supposed to be for shock value. And I just didn't find it that shocking, Sally. Maybe it's just me. But um, mm. a lot of people don't want to engage with that sort of media or they're just not used to seeing it, which, yeah. which says to me that it's, um, it, it only emphasises the need for this series of articles. Oh, look, I'd agree. I mean, you know, as someone who's been out there doing the LGBTI ageing and age care training now for mm. coming up to a year, you know, the sex negative attitudes across society in general, but of course, sex ne- negativity for those over a certain age, we'll say 55-ish, um, you know, is quite sad. I mean, one could say with tongue wedged somewhat in cheek and coming out an ear, does the greeting card um, industry have an investment in that sort of attitude? But, um, you know, all those cards that say, well, you're 55, there's the end of your sex life, which, of course, is bunkum. So maybe... <laughs> I didn't know those were out there. Oh, sadly, you know, um, when I have to look for greeting cards, they're either the really mushy flowers and chocolate types or something, or there's, for older, older guys, it's sort of joke um, stuff about playing golf, um, and then there's mm. those sorts of ones, yeah. So, hmm, any entrepreneurs out there wanting to do sex-positive, um, age-respectful greetings cards, you could have a market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, um, we could team up with the Archer audience too. Yep, so there's a possibility. But um, coming back to it, so, yeah, um, you've got Janet Hardy. Um, you said all of LGBT and I. Any, are we allowed to get any other hints um, for now, given that yeah, it's four well, days away? I'll talk a little bit more about the Ageing and Sex series. Yeah. Um, we have an author named Doreen Wentweer who's written a book called Sex in Your 70s, uh, and she cites a whole bunch of interviews she's done with people over 70 about their sex lives. Um, and it just really hits home how varied the experience is, like any other community, um, super diverse. It depends on your life experience and your identity. But I guess what really comes out of these articles is that um, the process of self-discovery doesn't stop when you get to a certain point in your life. You know, you keep experimenting, mm. you keep discovering. And I think that's really important to remember for people. Um, and we also have a story by um, Dr. Catherine Barrett uh, talking about how sexuality is handled in aged care mm. um, and some of the issues that arise around that. Um, and she's incredibly sex positive in her approach, so that's good. Yeah, she, um, oh, look, an absolute, I'd almost say one of the the groundbreakers in terms of, well, sex positivity and ageing in general, but of course LGBTI ageing, her work on in that area is has been enormous and still is um with through Val's cafe and other things so yeah um she's absolutely i agree absolutely awesome so there's yet another good reason to get your hands <laughs> on a copy of archer um they're, they're mounting they're mounting up very quickly and... they are they are um and phoebe hart who is a film uh, oh, maker yes. and director she was responsible for a doco called um orchids my yep. intersex adventure a number of years ago now and she writes about the importance of disclosure um, when it comes to body diversity um, and some of the things that doctors, family members and the media could note in uh, their treatment of children with different bodies. Um, and so that's another crucial discussion um, that we're sort of trying to bring to the fore more strongly. Yeah, oh, look, definitely. It's, you know, it's interesting going out and doing training that people still can't believe there's virtually an automatic um, surgery on people with, mm. I'll say, 
um, I hope it's okay to say atypical genitalia, but it shouldn't really be atypical just because mm. they're atypical or not the um, expected M or F um, when the person's put a perfectly healthy body. Um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, we talk a bit about, we have another story about surgery and identity and how um, accessing um, surgery around gender issues is often restricted to a binary as well. Mm-hmm. There's lots of discussion of the MF binary. Um, your article raises that a number of times as well. Um, but I guess it's, uh, yeah, it's an issue that we're sort of on the brink of getting society to engage with and understand. Yes. So, Oh, look, definitely. You know, as people are sort of beginning to get their ideas around in terms of mm. trans, and I, I, this is really bad in inverted commas language, going from, say, M to F or F to M, mm. and I really put that with an inverted commas and a sick after it, but they sort of can't get their head around, hang on, you can go halfway or you can go north, south, east or west That's or anywhere. Right. You can be both or neither and it doesn't matter. Exactly. So that's awesome to um, to have, um, dare I say, hashtag binary busters. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got B, I, T, ageing, um, poly um, and linkages and sex positivity. Um, yeah, and uh, there's a writer, a Melbourne woman named Eleanor Savage. She writes about her experience of watching porn and enjoying it as a feminist and how fraught that can be sometimes oh, for women. Yes. Uh, and she'll be reading her piece at the Melbourne launch on Thursday at Thousand Pound Bend, so that'll be a treat. Ah, yes. Um, so the launch, um, we we can have lift off. Um, um, so yeah, Thousand Pound Bend um, this Thursday. It's, yeah, it's part of the Emerging Writers Festival, and they do um, these late night literary magazine events. So it doesn't kick off till nine, ah. and it is a school night. So be prepared for having a bit a bit too much fun for a Thursday night. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that should go till probably through till about midnight, but we'll have a couple of readings, um, and some musical comedy from Bo Heartbreaker. Oh, yes. And then, uh, and then a DJ to round out the shenanigans. So it should be a good night. There's always a good turnout at the Archer launches, um, and a lot of diverse communities engage with that event. So it's always good fun to see who turns up. Oh, look, definitely. I was at the last one, um. And look, it's a school night, but sort of we've only got one more day be- until before a long weekend. So yeah. um, other hashtag is hashtag caffeine. If I hope um, Thousand Pound Bend will have it on at that time of night. As well as I should imagine so. I'll put board. in a special request. Cool the eyes. So let's just, um, nine o'clock this Thursday night, Thousand Pound Bend, which is Little Lonsdale Street. If yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it's number 361. Yep, that's it. Um, indeed. So... Look, this is fabulous. Um, look, as a, a queer media, um, well, I'm going to say a queer media slut. I think that's appropriate in the circumstances. <laughs> I don't care whether it's radio, print, um, bent TV on TV. We've still got to get lots of messages out there. As you said right at the start, there's still a lot of room for discussion on sex positivity and greater celebration of diversity in all these areas. So a big woohoo to Archer and also... The fact that you are on the line gives me a, gives us a chance to mention a three CR show. Yeah, I do uh, Women on the Line, which is on Monday mornings. So De- women's current affairs. I often sneak a bit of sexual diversity discussion into my Women on the Line episodes. <laughs> Definitely. So yet another reason to tune into three CR, and of course, um, at, at the t- um, time of broadcast, we're less than twelve hours away from Radiothon. So let's listen to every three CR show at some point in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, that would be handy, particularly women on the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amy, thanks so much for coming in. I'd better let you get off and get your football cheering voice on because you're um, off to do that. Um, yeah, I'm actually playing. I'm in the car park in my footy boots as we speak. So <laughs> Now, <laughs> dare, I, dare I say with tongue definitely in cheek and coming out in here, there's some gender diversity for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, well, I'd better um, let you do the stretches, um, uh, but um, look forward to seeing you Thursday night at the launch of Archer at 1,000 Pound Bend, 361 Little Lonsdale at 9pm onwards. Um, Thanks for um, coming on the show just prior to the match. Thank you very much, Sally. Catch up. Bye. Bye. Amy K. Middleton, um, Moodleton on Twitter, and, of course, um, at Archer Magazine, um, and look for that launch event on Facebook and everywhere. And, yes, I'll be a caffeinated sort of queer um, on the night, so um, make sure that you um, can get along. All right, um, let's have some more music. Um, Well, I suppose if you do a magazine, there's going to be some fame, and if it's about sex, in a way, it's going to be called Sex and Fame. Here's an Australian track from the 80s that's along those lines. 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. Like in Canada and in Australia, they cannot discharge tailings directly into the riverways. But in Pogara, they discharge their tailings in the waterways, and they kill us, and they say, it's okay, you are just being killed for trespassing. Subscribe to 3CR, bringing you voices and opinions the mainstream media don't dare touch. They have the exclusive right to extract the mineral below six feet, but that exclusive right does not permit them also to kill people. Who does the killing? The company has uh, specially arranged security forces. Subscribe today. Call 9419 Women on the Line Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. That's us, 3cr.org.au and 8.55am digital, on demand, on podcast, you name it, we do it. And prior to the messages, we heard from Jump Incorporated, a band from the mid-80s, and um, they had a track called Sex and Fame. That one's on a compilation called a a three-disc CD, says me giving my age away, a decade of classic Australian hits, that one being the 80s. And it seems I was trying to just have a look. It seemed they did at least get nominated for an ARIA award in 1987, but um, wasn't quite sure which category or whatever. But sex and fame, why not? Well, there have been lots of other things going on during the week um, in um, Queerland. And, well, one that's... Look, it seems like it's finally happening. 
Thank you, Ireland. I'm doing my share of drinking a certain Irish whiskey. I'd better not mention a, a name on 3CR in case of cash for comments. Um, to celebrate the Irish referendum result last weekend, played lots of Irish type of music last week. And um, gosh, um, it seems that it has been that spur that could get us sort of onto the level playing field for a, con- a, full, a full, proper, genuine conscience vote from all sides of parliament in our federal parliament. Um, Bill Shorten moved quickly. Um, look, um, very hard. You know, politicians rarely do things that are totally altruistic. I'm sure there was some politics going on, but um, um, also got a hand it to him. He moved quickly, got the momentum going, and it seemed throughout the week Tony Abbott's position on hardline sort of position on no conscience vote began to soften uh, with tongue in cheek. Um, it seems the De facto media government, Alan Jones, Andrew Bolt, Neil Mitchell, all approved of getting some marriage equality stuff done on a conscience vote. Um, this morning I noticed Samantha Maiden in The Sun has supported it, um, all that sort of thing. So you've got to admit the way has been paved um, as this show goes to air on Sunday, tomorrow Monday, the critical vote, I think, in the Liberal National Party Coalition party room. But you'd have to say at least the conscience vote in there is looking likely. And I'll say if that happens, then it 90% levels out the playing field. Um, People have been critical of marriage, saying that it's taken a lot of air out of a lot of other queer issues. People feel it's been done and it's apart from the issue. People feel it has been campaigned for in a bit of a sort of inner city picket fence, white gay male sort of way. Um, probably some reason to that. But there's also a lot of people saying, let's just get it done, even if they don't support it. And then we can talk about youth, queer homelessness, and um, perhaps rising rates of HIV infection. Interesting having a chat with a couple of people during the last 10 days or so on this um, people thinking that this gen, you know, seem to think that the, the the generation here now isn't quite aware of the 80s and early 90s in terms of HIV. And I don't know, I've got to say for me, I was brought up on the idea that you just did safe sex. And the fact that some people can question that for any reason is a worry. But um, a couple of years ago, the Fab James McKenzie from In Your Face on 3CR, 4 till 5 Friday, came in and spoke about how People who were fed up with gay ink and the emphasis on sort of middle-class assimilationist marriage were rebelling by not having safe sex. Now, I don't personally approve of that, but that's what they were doing. So looks like it's it's game on and we'll move. Um, I think overall there's enough goodwill across Parliament. Yes, there's some politics, but also a lot of people have pushed really hard. People, you know, credit where it's due in the coalition to Warren Inch. It's probably cost him promotion that he has been a relatively small-L liberal type of person on these issues. He's also been a very big supporter of trans and intersex in the parliamentary friends group at the federal level under the up until the 2013 election. It had, um, there's only been one gathering of it since, to my knowledge, in nearly where are we now, a year and, a, year and three quarters or so. But it looks like it could happen. So um, we'll see what happens. An interesting week. There's also, I can only say, going to be another very positive GLBTI-ish announcement tomorrow. Watch this space. Um, so um, could be, um, well, certainly won't be a blue Monday. It'll be, a, I don't know, a pink Monday or something. Um, have to um, get New Order to write another version of, that, of a certain song. But it could mean, in the end, that um, regardless of your 
you know, we'll say legalistic approach, legal approach to relationships that people could sing this song equally regardless of gender. Here's Paul Kelly with a beautiful ballad from the um, Hidden Things album of 1992, When I First Met Your Ma. 3CR, 855am, digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. The absolute songwriting brilliance of Paul Kelly on 3CR, 855am, digital, 3cr.org.au, and on demand, broadcasting from the lands of um, the original inhabitants. And that was Paul Kelly and the messages from the um, album Hidden Things, which, as the liner notes say, um, um, a collection of recordings made at various times and places between 1986 and 1991, where only two tracks had ever appeared on albums before, although some may have been um, B-sides and things like that. Um, Paul Kelly and the Fab Messengers, um, you know, such an amazing... Um, musician and um, um, the key musicians in the band um, were um, um, sort of um, in there as well for all of those tracks. So um, well done to um, um, Paul Kelly for that song, which who knows, it could become a sort of equal love anthem. All right. Um, Well... Um, Ten days or so ago, yours truly ended up on a panel. No, not lying on a bar after having too many certain of those Irish whiskies that I mentioned. I was on a panel for um, an Ida Hobbit event um, put on, I think it's okay to say here, by Westpac. And I've got to say, really good panel. Um, The Fab Daniel Whithouse, an absolute um, trooper, um, as always, was there. Kerry Beitzel from PFLAG and Tori um, from Westpac, who was another bi person. And I've got to say, in the last few weeks, you know, I've been on a few GLBTI-ish panels, and often it's, if there's, say, five people, there's two gays, two lesbians, and I'm doing double overtime as both the bi and trans person. But um, in the last couple of weeks, as I say, um, two bi people on that panel. I was did a panel, did some training with the Australian Federal Police, and out of six people, there were three bi people. Myself as a trans by woman, a cis by woman, and a cis by man. So for once, we had all the bi bases covered, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, questions on bi. Why isn't it talked about? Um, to, you know, what's going on? Some good questions on trans and binary. But the one that I wanted to mention today was um, about why aren't we getting um, what could be barriers for LBTIQ women getting into the workplace? And well... This is where we really get down to the bedrock of what I'll call gender identity, gender expression, and also gender... I'm going to add a term which I'm still refining, happy to take suggestions, which I'm going to call gender perspective. And the corporate sector has, you know, struggled to get more women in, and I genuinely believe they want a diverse workplace. I'm not going to say, you know, some would be cynical and say, oh, they're doing it for tokenism or whatever, or... No, I think they want to. And, of course, they get some women in. But then here comes the crunch. Look at what happens. Well, come on in, women, but you have to behave and communicate in masculine ways. And I'll be really exaggerated here. You have to really look someone in the face and um, shake hands with a firm grip and don't cry. I know that's really, really stereotypical. So we're sort of letting in what I'll call masculine approach or possibly masculine expression women in, but are we letting 
feminine women in? Are we letting feminine men into the corporate sector and valuing them for their intrinsic capabilities? What about people who are non-binary in any of, of expression or approach? Um, not so much identity. I will give credit to Westpac. Gail Kelly, a former Westpac executive, was talking about trans in the early 2000s when no, virtually no one else was and did do a lot of pioneering work. But um, it is a worry that, you know, we sometimes say, let's get the numbers in, but we then say, what's stopping us? And I think that the corporate sector, it could be reasonable to say, is dominated by masculine gender approaches that it maybe can't, doesn't know that it doesn't know. So if we're going to get um, more women in, and, as I say, feminine men, non-binary, all sorts of just the best people into any organisation and really um, corporate um, and, bureau and public sector. And I'd like to think the NGO sector's a little better on this, but probably there'd be some who aren't. Um, well, we're going to have to do some major paradigm shifts. For that matter, society probably has to as well. So lots of um, things to think about. And I, that's where I think... Numbers can be a tokenist, just saying, well, we'll even out the numbers, which assumes two two boxes only, which of course doesn't fit with me, um, isn't going to isn't going to cut it. And then we have to do a lot more to value feminine um, expression and approaches. Um, but there's, I think, of course, there can still be a lot of obstacles to women and equality. Even leaving those things aside, there's a classic story from some years ago of an organisation that wanted to get its diversity better. It seemed to be doing the right things. It had women on HR type of board um, in terms of job interviews, so men just didn't, in very simplistic terms, didn't just hire people like themselves. They were getting some numbers in, but women weren't being promoted, and they couldn't figure out why. So they did what any corporation would do. They hired some consultants to look at it from an independent eye, says uh, me with tongue-in-cheek. And the consultants began to find out some cultural issues, that this organisation had a, a some sort of, oh, I wouldn't even call it a policy, just a, a sort of um, long-standing habit of calling snap management meetings at around 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. Can anyone see where this is going? So women who maybe have child responsibilities or domestic responsibilities who would come in early in the morning have left by then. Their ideas won't be noticed at the meetings. They won't be noticed at the meetings. They won't be promoted. And when you think about it, Friday night drinks, um, which often seems all very nice for the boys, is it good for women as well? Well, you know, sure, you can manage your time and all that sort of thing, but sometimes there are these hidden cultural barriers that a very limited gender perspective won't see. So the corporate sector, as do many parts of society, um, have a lot of shifting to do to value everyone on their merits and for their intrinsic worth. Um, are they up for the challenge is the question. We shall see. All right, sticking with the theme this week of you know playing with gender in songs, and I know lots of people have done this. I know there was an act at Midsummer a few years ago that did this, an all-women's group who did um, sort of cold chisel songs and that sort of thing, but it struck me today, and I sort of have this in mind after a, a party I emceed at a few weeks ago for musicians, um, a female did the Bruce Springsteen track, I'm on fire, you know, um, tell me now, baby, is she good to you? Is he good to you? Can he do the things that I do? So it adds a sort of non-gendered, bisexual, pansexual approach to things. I just thought, let's imagine if this Glenn Fry song from the album The All Nighter of 1984, his second solo album, um, 
could have been sung by a female. Here's a track called Sexy Girl. 3CR, 855am, digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally. Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email info at by-alliance.org. Has your organisation been interviewed on 3CR? Your band played live to air. Have you heard your latest song? Groups like yours can now become 3CR organisational subscribers. Just $110 gets your organisational group behind Melbourne's longest-running activist radio station. 3CR gives access and training to communities traditionally denied a voice in the mainstream media. Get online at 3cr.org.au or call 94198377 and become an organisational subscriber. Show your love, 3CR. Less than half a day to Radiothon on 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. In the next two weeks, the range of shows on 3CR will have their shows out of the pans two editions away, um, first airing on Sunday, June the 14th. But um, start uh, looking down the back of the couch for those loose coins or look, if you lost a $100 note and it's, you didn't think you had it, send that in too. Um, just don't do it in a brown paper bag or people will tell us we're corrupt. Um, just had a message in during the show um, from a very good friend, um, I'll just say M, who is my housemate's partner, who has um, um, pointed out a uh, an article that the Israeli Defence Force is now going to assist transgender teens through, um, well, this headline says sex change process, but obviously gender self gender self affirmation um, from an early age. Now, on I must admit I'm no fan of military for lots of reasons, and on a humorous note, as someone with a bung left eye and who's left-handed, the last thing I want to do is fire a right-handed rifle. But um, look, um, I don't, as I say, don't like militaries, but. I'll give credit to, um, you know, um, people affirming gender identity in a workplace. And I suppose the military is a workplace in that sense. So, um, l'chaim to that, I suppose. All right. Things that are coming up in the community, as I say, um, um, possible announce. We'll see where the Federal Coalition Party Room goes on a conscience vote on marriage tomorrow. But before that, well, uh, to... um, not that necessarily people are wanting marriage. Um, polysocial tonight at about 5.30 at Palookaville down in Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. Um, it was been, it's been pretty chock at the last couple of meetings. People upstairs, downstairs and everywhere. Well, poly is about abundance, so get along there um, and um, enjoy. Um, also played the Buy Alliance message, a great discussion of around um, 17 people or so, including um, about six new buys Um um, last week, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, so, yep, um, a good discussion. And of course, um, should men- as mentioned earlier, yours truly has an article in that Archer magazine. So, 
Um, yes, I'm being a media slut as well. Um, so, yeah, polysocial tonight. Of course, some poly people are bi or pansexual, some are heterosexual, some are gay or lesbian. Um, or welcome. And there is, I should add, a queer poly group that's now meeting. And um, that, um, I should get someone in to have a chit-chat about it. But um, that happens as I reach for my other calendar on the um, second um, Friday of the month, also at Palookaville at this stage. So um, have more about that in due course. Um, what else is happening this week? Don't forget Bent TV on Friday nights at 10 o'clock and also a great reception to the clip on By Alliance, which is really welcome. But um, something that came up, look, when... Uh, myself, Mel and Linda volunteered for that clip. We were just the ones available. But there's uh, separate issues, I think, for by men. So Bent TV looking, to, I think, to record some more clips on that, which would be most welcome. The T-Bird Club's on at Abode this Friday um, of the regular events. Gender Queer Australia at Hairy Little Sister on Saturday afternoon, genderqueer.org.au. Um, so they're the regular events, but there is a really big event that's obviously attracted a lot of interest Um the um, debate on rights and responsibilities of religion in terms of the context of equal opportunity law is on this week, and it's got so much popularity, it's had to be rescheduled. So it is now at 555 Lonsdale Street in the city, not at its original original location. So check in with the organisers who are Victorian Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission. So yeah, that's Thursday night earlier on though, about 5.30ish, so you've got plenty of time to go to that, um, have a dinner or a sherbet there afterwards, and... Um, Thereafter, um, they'll go on to the Archer launch. So yes, just as well. It's um, a, you know it is a uh, um, night before the start of a long weekend, um, and I know I'm off during the the next week to the Human Rights Dinner as well. So um, with Gillian Triggs. So I've got to get out my glad drag. Um, all right. Um, gosh, um, better wrap it up because the Freedom of Species crew will be wanting to come in soon. Um, of course, next weekend is the birthday of the Queen's, um, or Queen's birthday, take your pick, really. But um, if you are out and about doing stuff, whether it's partying or whatever, please be safe in every way. Um, if it's um, to do with intimacy, let's make communicate well and be consensual. Um, and, of course, um, be, um, be safe. Uh, and for road users, please, let's be safe as well. Um, you know, sort of watch out what you're doing. Um, you know, people can get a bit silly and that's all road use, you know, and so you've got to take a little bit of extra care to make up for them. You can't really stop some people being silly. So be safe out there. Um, take it out today, well, musically, with someone who has been a fan of the show for a long time, um, or actually has been played on this show, sorry. Well, I hope she's a, show, a fan of the show too. Um, and that's Sin, who now lives up in um, Sydney. Sin City, and um, from her great album Vibrant of the late 90s, here's um, Yours Is Yours. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you um, next week. <laughs>